Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I am David Ross. I'm Daniel Bloom. And we are reborn. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. This is episode two of the Madcap Reborn series, where we basically used to do podcasts together a lot, and mm-hmm. we haven't done it in a long time mm-hmm. for reasons that are stupid. And so things got crazy. We didn't like fight or anything. We just kind of stopped. Yeah. I stopped caring about what I had to say. Like, I was like, you know, it's time to go elevate other people's voices for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I know you definitely got sick of hearing your own voice. I did, but it was also, I got sick of the private planes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I got, I got, I got, I, I miss my, I miss commercial. That's right. <laughs> Back with the people. Exactly. I don't, I don't want to be part of the, like, the DCA hangar space anymore. You know? so I'm glad, I'm glad that we're, we're back. So part of the show is going to be about what's going on in our lives mm-hmm. and, like, the story of our friendship, which is exactly. kind of how this show started in the first place. And part of it is also going to be about what's happening in our beautiful home city of Washington, D.C., yeah. overtaken by storm clouds of bullshit in the past Without a doubt. year Without or a so doubt. with it, the Trump administration. In a town of, squ- in a town of squares, we're the only circles. You know? <laughs> Trying to make it through. Um, but it, it, I, I wanted to ask you this question, because back in the old iteration of the podcast, you didn't want to be confined to D.C. Yeah. You never wanted to be like, we're a D.C. show. Yeah. And I, I was curious about that because I think it reflects something as people who are from D.C., both of us are from the Maryland suburbs and close in of D.C., there's this feeling sometimes that you can get trapped here, <laughs> right? Like, especially if you're from here. Yeah. And I interpreted that position by you as you didn't want to get trapped here. In, yet I'm still here. In name, in deed, yeah. in thought. Like, yeah. was that the case? And have you... Without a doubt, because I considered this place creative quicksand. Wow. Yeah, that's, hot fire. Let's it, go without a doubt. You know what I'm saying I always, always <laughs> did, I always did. And that opinion has not changed in your, your couple, uh, last couple of years. No, because I, th- I, th- I think you get a lot. Of, I think you get a lot of folks who. Uh, well, I, it's okay. It's okay to only want to seek a, um, to seek a DC audience. You know, I just wanted to live here. Yeah. You know, I like, I like the way it is. I like the way it is demographically. Yeah. All that stuff. But if I think like, if the, if the DC audience is the only group that has an opinion on what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I had a, like I, I got problems with like I used to get excited when looking at the metrics of Madcap and DC would be like 20th. Yeah, right. I'd be like, "Okay, we're doing something right." I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what has changed? I mean, is, are you more ready to to embrace the town in which we're located? Uh, is it like just not giving a fuck anymore? What, like what what is it that that made you come around to that a bit? I mean, I take the devil I know versus the devil I don't, but I mean like uh <laughs> I think uh I think there are way to I think there's a way to uh, first. First, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of topics that, um, of course, take place in DC, which which have a global focus. Yep. Um, and but just just to us, we can get sick and tired of hearing because it it's because it's down the street. Right. Uh, and so, like, nothing nothing has really changed. Um, you know, if if uh, if we'd be here in week and week out. Talking about the city council, I, I wouldn't show up. You right. Know? <laughs> At least D.C. city council, which some of you who are not anywhere remotely near here don't give a damn about D.C. city council, but I, I guarantee you they are an entertaining bunch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like all municipalities, you know what I'm saying, uh, in, in the country. Uh, and so, I don't know. I mean, like, I think it is a... I don't. I don't. I, I, I think I've grown enough to realize that we don't have to be pigeonholed here just, just because we're having a conversation in a studio in... I'm saying, like, n- not that far from the White House. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I mean, I don't think we're. I mean, we're not talking about. I mean, like, I don't know this. I don't know how many times Michael Cohen's name is going to be dropped in this, or, or, or like, or, or anything like that. But, but I feel like I feel like the, the story of our the story of our friendship is that goes beyond that transcends yes, the Washington metropolitan area or transcends DC. And first of all, it wasn't started in DC, so DC you can't take that. It's true. You know I'm saying because it was started in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is a place or Tacoma Park, which is closely aligned to Silver Spring, two places that elevate above DC, you know. Whoa. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Well it's all part of the same <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you said we weren't gonna talk every week about the DC City Council. We won't. We won't. But maybe we should right now. We, yeah, we, we will. Because I was t- saying uh, to you right before we started this recording that when something crazy happens in D.C., we ought it. to be one place that addresses it. Like, we ought to be a place where people think, oh, God, like, this crazy thing just happened. What is Madcap going to say about it? I'm okay with that. Okay, good. I am so, okay with that's that. That's really all I wanted. I mean, you know, we don't have to confine ourselves by any real means to D.C., but the story of Treyon White. Yes. Council member from Ward 8. Who I know, yes. You know him personally. Yeah, I do. He's in some hot water right now. He is. 
So for to catch people up who aren't familiar with the story, Trayon White is um, a tried and true representative of his community. Mm-hmm. He was lifted up kind of by the voters there to be on the city council of D.C., mm-hmm. a very young councilman. He's not even 30 yet. Am I right? I don't know Trayon's age, to be honest. Uh, I, I'd say if he's not 30, he's close. Okay. Well, one of us will look it up. Anyway, yeah. he was driving to work taking a Facebook Live video, which no one has really talked about how dangerous that is. One should not be streaming themselves live while in the driver's Doesn't seat. Doesn't matter. Up until that, before this thing, I used to watch his live videos all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, when, he he sh- get, when he'd get to New York and he'd do, like, yeah. he, it, it was... It was lovely. It was lovely coming from him being in the Wilson building and right. taking these videos. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm at least going to watch. But, you know, people <laughs> get in, get themselves in trouble when they film themselves too much. Because he started talking about how it was snowing one morning. And he was like, hey, y'all better watch out. Like, this um, temperature weather control is happening so that they can impact cities <laughs> yeah. and then have them, you know, uh, the, the Rothschilds and the Rockefeller Foundation, I think he cited, yeah. accused them of... Offering city managers, basically, and offering money to cities to help them out of these natural disasters that, in his mind, they were creating in the first place so they could control for cities. Yeah. So he stumbled into a big controversy, not realizing what was going on. He did. Because usage of the Rothschilds has been done throughout history as, like, an avatar kind of for a Jewish stereotype. Yeah. So he didn't realize that when he's bringing up a uh, conspiracy theory about the Rothschilds, He's also kind of like insulting Jewish people mm-hmm. and all hell has broken loose. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people out there are like calling for his resignation. Yeah. So in response, he got back on Facebook Live and did a big kind of defense of himself. And then there was a rally in front of the Wilson building, in front yeah. of the, the big D.C. government building where this is all taking place. And there was a – with, with another dude I know who got – Really? Yeah. I, I, why – there was a guy, pa- out, guy out there from the Nation of Islam who pause. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his. I have his name on my phone. Yeah. Well, who took the who took who took the um, the bullhorn? Yeah, who took the, the the guy who took the bullhorn? Who had the original the Latino gentleman who had the, who had the bullhorn with yeah. the mustache? Yeah, I know. Josh yes. Lopez. There you go. I know Josh. He lost his job. He had to resign. Are you serious? Yes. When but, did they announce that? This was like days ago. This, this, that's why I had to bring this story back up because it is not done yet. It is still ha- like affecting people. So I don't know. So like what? So all right. So like I know Josh. So first time I met, first time I met Josh, this is a member of the DC Housing Authority, exactly, who had to step down in the result of this whole scandal. But continue. Well, the first time I met him was at ICSC um, in in Vegas. You know, uh, I, I got introduced to him through some folks that were just I would just say. Uh, Close to the administration. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all. Frame this. Okay. Uh, and so, and so, like, uh, this is this is back. This is back during my Dupont Underground days. You yeah. Know what I'm saying. Uh, and and I, I I met him. He and I connected, and, and we it, it was it was always a good back and forth. I'd run into him along U Street and stuff like that. And I saw him. I saw his name. Um, uh, two things. One time I saw him drive by me when I was at a bus stop in Silver Spring. Right. You know what I'm saying? In this in this in this nice Benz with mm-hmm. the, with with the license plate, which there's a, there's a certain license plate that like there's certain numbers that indicate how close, basically how close you are to the mayor. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so like if you're number five, that means huh. you're fifth in line. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, um. And so, and so like uh, I saw. I, when I saw the name, I was like, oh, I was like, wait a second. So then I, then I checked the paper, and I, I saw I saw his post and stuff like that, and I saw that he went to he went like a friend of his took him to like uh, to t- took him to a service at a synagogue uh, like like the Saturday right after, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, this is this is this ain't good. You, you know what I'm saying? Like not, I mean, it's good that he went, but I'm just like, man, this ain't like I don't know if I don't know if this is gonna be enough. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't know if this is going to be enough. I, first of all, I'm not sure I would have taken to. I'm not sure I would have taken to the rally, but then again, I'm not. I'm, I'm not in it like they are, you know. In which in which they saw the attacks on, in which they saw the attacks on Trayon, um, and so like, so at the rally, somebody took the bullhorn, yeah. f- from the organizers and started going off about another one of the council members, Alyssa Silverman, calling yeah. her, and I quote, a fake Jew. <laughs> oh my God! It's all. It's like. <sighs> it's not funny, but it's almost like comedy writers are writing this thing. It's yeah. like. When you need to run damage control, instead you have a rally in the most public place possible at which someone grabs the bullhorn. Yeah. You're trying to convince people that you're not anti-Jew. And somebody grabs the bullhorn and says, Alyssa Silverman is a fake. That name alone is Jewish. Everybody knows Alyssa Silverman. I mean, I don't know what the context of the attack was, but that is just a crazy thing to say. Now this guy's lost his job and the mayor had to come out with a statement saying that she has a mezuzah 
on the front of her house, indicating like this is a Jewish home. This thing has blown. It's an election year. It, I know it's this thing has blown so far out of proportion. It, it, it that it all started from like an offhanded comment on a Facebook live video with a guy driving to work is yeah. batshit. It is like the butterfly effect. Yeah. You know the single flap of a butterfly's wings. I didn't know. I didn't know he lost his job. Yeah, you should yeah. reach out to him. Yeah, because I I wonder how he. I mean, Trayon's still in place. He lost his job for organizing this ill-fated because he's rally. appointed though. Yeah, he's appointed, so they had you, to step you, down. You, you, you step in down. Trayon, I mean, like I I I told you I had a meeting of like the first the first I had a breakfast meeting. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, breakfast meeting at the Hay Adams in one of the, in nice. one of, in one of the conversations we talk about. Is one of the first topics is Trayon, right? And um, won't talk about who I was with, but basically, basically, we, we they're talking about they're like they're like, come on, you know, Trayon's not racist, and I'm like, look, I know what Trayon represents. I know his I know his ward. I know I know what what east of, I know what east of the river looks like. I know how most of the people cr- criticizing Trayon have never stepped foot over there don't even know how to get there you know and so like you go over there it's like it's like the lost lands and and like and it's it did not seem when i when i cuz i didn't know about that conspiracy i'd never known about that conspiracy those the, that that Rothschild name was not a name i knew mm-hmm. you know i mean like maybe that's i feel like that's it's good ignorance you know what i'm saying like <laughs> I, I just don't, i just didn't know it yeah. uh, and so but when he said when he said that i was talking with, i was talking with somebody who works who works kind of uh, alongside with Trayon and Anacostia, and he was like, "Man, I can't believe he, he made such a stupid statement." I'm just like, "I was like, I'm not actually that surprised that he actually would have believed something like that." I'm like, "Because there's a lot of folks out there that think like that, you know? I mean, like in in Ward Eight, you see the uh, you see the worst of everything. Uh, you see, you see, there's a lot, there's a lot of great in Ward Eight, but you also see a lot of elements of see a lot of elements of just people being taken advantage of." You yeah. know, um, it, and like you see a lot of elements of of greed, you mm-hmm. know, especially especially from the development community. And, you know, it's, it's fun, like into into a lot of into a lot of historically to a lot of black folks. Uh, they is like the, like sadly, they associate greed with Judaism. You know, you know what I'm saying that is that is that is not. That is not my statement. You know what I'm saying? It's a like very that common, is that is not my. You know what I'm saying? It's a very common stereotype. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you, like the, you, for for black for black folks to listen to and, and say that they haven't heard black folks make. You know what I'm saying? Like an anti-Semitic comment of, along that line is like, especially those who lived in cities, is that I would say that's that's kind of rare. You know, but but it's it's an educational piece because they because they don't know because the thing is like a lot of black black a lot of black people can't even give you any sort of information about Judaism. They right. don't know a damn thing about it. You know? And so like they can't like as Chris Rock made that joke, like we ain't got time to be splitting y'all up into little groups. Right. You know? And so like literally like they don't know. They don't know. That's not a defense of it, but they don't know. And so like that's and and that's what we've seen. We've seen a lot of sides of we don't know. You know, and and it's just it's just ballooned into this into this this horrible situation. I I mean like I don't know. I mean the guy I was with said he thought Trayon was bulletproof. I mean, Trayon's trans community is behind Trayon. I know that uh, some folks – should we wait? No. Okay. I know some folks uh, after that, uh, after Trayon not backing down and kind of speaking speaking his mind, um, his community rallied behind him. Um, I am uh, – in the first iteration of this, I was happy that uh, Councilmember Dedeau – you know, saying like, and also other other members of the community that uh, kind of that work alongside Trayon were, were like, listen, you know, what I'm saying, cradle him, like, listen, there's things you just can't do. Mm-hmm. We need we need we need to give you a crash course on just what you can and cannot do, and what is what like give you an understanding of of historical perspective here, as you as you would want as as a as a black man, you know, uh, always being quick to be like, y'all don't y'all don't understand my, you know, what I'm saying like, listen, that's nobody can fully understand. Like, if you if you, if you don't know, tell tell me, you know, and so like. Yeah. Um, but the but where this has gone has has um has ballooned out of control. I feel bad for Josh because I also because I also think that the um the nation of Islam bullied their way into this situation. Mm. You know because like because I I think if first of all if I think if you are a if you are <laughs> if you are politically ambitious and you're trying to go on rants of anti-Semitism in the nation's capital i don't I, I can't help you you know what i'm saying i'm not running that campaign <laughs> yeah. you know i can't do that you yeah. know what i'm saying give me something i can work that's with that's a tough road exactly mm-hmm. and so the nation of islam don't give a shit about that you know they don't care and so like and so i don't know where i don't know where josh's allegiance is um but 
I, I looked at it as as he thought do I th- looked at it, he he might have thought dude was just gonna give some some uh, glowing words about Trayon and it turned and turned into this nastiness you know what I'm saying about about uh, about Silverman the council's got their own the the council's got their own issues because I know black members of the council don't like her you know what I'm saying so there's all so I would love to know the black and Jewish relations inside the council right now yeah. you know I mean because because uh, Nadeau's the most favored mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like Nadeau's the most her staff great Nadeau's the most favored uh, I can't say the same about Silverman. Yeah. Um, and but like in no way was in no way was she uh, in no way should she be called what she would what was called you know yeah. unless she's being called that by another Jewish gentleman you know what I'm saying <laughs> another Jewish woman then then, then, we, then us blacks can just that, sit back and be like well, well, what's going that's on that's your problem exactly that's right that would have been a lot better in this case. <laughs> exactly so I mean it's never would I have thought in this election cycle one of the topics would have been anti-Semitism. And, you know, it's interesting. I appreciate everything you just said. That was a really valuable couple minutes you just went on. Um, <laughs> I'm at the resign for this podcast. Somebody's going to be like. <laughs> but what it, I mean, it, I would like to reframe the, dis- the discussion in some ways. I mean, if we can agree that like Trayon White is in general a good actor for the city and for his community. Yeah. Like if, if it's an educational piece or he didn't know what he was saying, um, I don't think there was a whole lot of venom in it. What we need to do to unspool, in my view, this current situation is like, uh, at the risk of sounding like Kanye West, like now is not the moment to reach out and vilify the person who you don't understand. Yeah. Like, especially because we're dealing with such a small city. It's like 10 square miles. And it's in this city that like, it's a, a special place for a lot of reasons. And one is that like black people can feel relatively safe here. Yeah. And so can Jews. Yeah. Like, that's not the case everywhere. So we are both groups, I feel like, are kind of like scared of losing that safety, that feeling of safety, except Jewish people have it so much better in this country and in this city in general because we're all so white. And this is something that we need to get our heads around. It's like James Baldwin wrote this brilliant essay in the New York Times that Gene Demby from NPR's Code Switch recommended. And it was James Baldwin years, years ago talking about black people aren't anti-Jewish. They're just anti-Jewish because they're anti-white. Yeah. It's like, get, I mean, it's hard in some ways to understand for a Jewish person who has their own history of oppression and violence and whatnot so closely back in the memory that, like, we are a protected class in America. We are um, a group that has done really well, specifically in D.C., like the owner of the baseball team, the yeah. Lerner family are Jewish billionaires. You know, Abe Poland was the owner of the basketball and hockey team, Jewish millionaire. So to a group of people who doesn't have the wherewithal to like go and deeply invest in what it was like emotionally to live through the 20th century as a Jew, in the 21st century, it looks real good. And it's, it's an interesting disconnect in like self-perception, basically. Yeah. Like, Jewish people have ridden for way too long on this reputation that we love to talk about of, like, oh, in the 1960s, like, rabbis marched arm in arm with Martin Luther King Jr., and, like, we were there for the civil rights struggle. And on some level, that is true. But if you look at the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s, like, what exactly is the Jewish community doing for the black community? And, like, now it's funny because Trayon White did not mean to start all this. But this is a conversation that's been ready to happen for a long time. Yeah, we might need to have Trey out of in here. I mean, maybe. But he, this is the thing is, I know he's also getting bombarded by yeah. even like really well-meaning Jewish people. I've seen yeah. it on his Twitter timeline. It's like, hey, 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 man. Like, let me come meet with you and like explain all this to you. I, I don't even know. I mean, I would love to talk to him about it and like hear his thoughts, but I don't even want to drag him through that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're on we're on um, we're on opposite ends because both of you because both you and I are uh, are still very critical of our own of of the groups that we come from. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so, like, like I am I am any black person who knows me knows I am very critical of the Negro without a doubt. I never, <laughs> never, never, never want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, some would be like, "Which side are you on?" Actually, right. You know what I'm saying? And like. And like when it comes to you, and like uh, when it comes to your faith, you know, I've, I've, I know that you are also very critical of of Jewish people as well. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of Black folks who aren't critical of Blacks at all, and I know and I know whites who are Jewish who are not critical 
of Jewish people at all. Yeah. It's just almost just like just like immunity. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm and little... Israel is a big part of that too. And so they're involved in this horrendous campaign right now against the Palestinians in Gaza who are trying to march up to the wall. This never gets talked about. I just wanted to throw that in there to make sure yeah. people knew I'm aware of this shit. It's yeah. like this should be front page news. You frame you're framing up like like <laughs> You're not. I mean, like, I, I know. I know you are. Uh, I, I know you realize you are not um, immune enough to be to be labeled an anti, uh, like a self hating Jewish person. Yo, people will go. I mean, it's. I know it's cool. People will come after me for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like patriotism. True patriotism is being willing to criticize your country, and it's, not just wave the damn flag at everything that they do. This at the end. I mean, this will be. This will be a very. This will be a solid lesson for Treyon, uh, without a doubt. If we'll, he can survive it, we'll see if he can survive it. This but, is the thing, man. I've been worried. Like. Now I'm rooting for him. At first, I was like, who is this guy? And, like, he needs to get out of public life. Now I'm like, no, no. Like, Trayon White is where he is for a reason. Yeah. He's not just a name. Like, he's been working in his community, showing up for people, you know, youth programs, schools, like, job programs, giving food out, like, trying to raise awareness and money and action for Ward 8. He's actually there. Exactly. So the idea of throwing him out based on a controversy truly about misunderstanding what you're losing is an important visible leader who is in the community that needs to be served and wants to be there yeah yeah exactly and also there are there there are white men wealthy white men who need Treyon in there Go on. You know what I'm saying like Interest, that's interesting. You know I'm saying because like, you know yeah. like there's like I mean like there's only there's only there's only one there's only one section of town that's really going to get after 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 development. You know what I'm saying there's only one section that has all the land left, mm-hmm. and so like nice green land, exactly waterfront, yeah hills, everything. There's 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 one dude they've been dealing with. You bring somebody else in random. No, they they are you know saying like at least at least at least get us to the end of at least at least get us to phase two. You know what I'm saying like like that that's the way like so like uh, with these developers. I there are a lot of folks like Tran is in a very interesting position because he resides over this ward that is of course very uh, very depressed, um, but yet it has it's it's almost rich in gold. You know, in terms of interesting, yeah, it, it really in terms of just land. Right, and, you know what I'm saying what's left, and so yeah, he's. I mean, he's had to, on a on a regular basis, he's had to interact with folks that are way above our pay grade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, like uh, who, who who want a certain price per square foot to do whatever they want to do, and so and they've and they've sold him on their on his mission, or or they've just learned to deal with him. And after and after you've dealt with any sort of and, and that level of bureaucracy. You put it in a new person, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> after you submit, after you did all these, submit all this paperwork, did all these tes- testimonials, stuff like that, you put in a new person, they don't want him gone. They're trying to save him. That's really interesting. And there's a lot of money at stake, even for these processes. Yes. Like, even if you're not getting charged anymore, if something gets spread out by a year when it should have already been done, that costs people money. They do not want this man gone. I think, I think other, me- I mean, I, I've heard like other members of council complain that Trayon doesn't work. Well, with one another, uh, uh, like with other members of council, I mean, like um, I know he he had always he had always been he had always been a a problematic uh, topic of conversation leading up to this, just in terms of just in terms of um, I want to almost just say like optics. You know what I'm saying? Like people didn't think that he dressed this, a certain type of way. People didn't think he talked talked the right way. I mean, like Tram was al- always like never in the every time I was in Anacostia. Yeah. I actually, like every single time, I ran into him Physically. on on Shannon Place. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying like, I mean, like, like I'm pretty. Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm actually in a Facebook Live <laughs> when a dude was doing the mural. I'm in a Facebook. He might have not used it because I think I just sounded too white. You know what I'm saying? Because he was like, "Yo, to say what y'all doing out here," and he was like, "He was like, come on, man, let's do that over again." <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, I had a Belgian kid out there painting a mural out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shout out to Nils Westergaard. You know, and so like from <laughs> Richmond, you know, very talented. Uh, but I mean, like I and like I would always see him out there. And after, because first it took me forever to reach him. Yeah. Because I was trying to win approval for him for something. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is getting off course, but. This this is the history of me knowing this guy. Yeah, and so finally, I finally somebody uh, like uh, uh, a developer gives me a cell. I finally, I, I, I love him. that. That's how you found it too. That's how it works in the city. It wasn't like yeah. let me call the office. Like let me call a developer I know, and he'll slide me the cell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> slides me the cell. I finally run into him at the um, at the government building in in Anacostia where the, uh, the deputy mayor's of economic development's office is. Mm-hmm. And so like run into him. And, and I'm like, yo, I've been trying to reach you. And he's like, all right, all right. He was like, you got my cell? I'm like, yeah, I've been texting you. He was like, all right, bet. <laughs> he was like, all right. So we 
had a communication from that point on, you know what I'm saying, text back and forth, you know what I'm saying, like I, I would try to I would let him know about the events we were trying to do in Anacostia. Funnily enough, I actually, I wish I had gotten Wu to do it in time. I asked Trayon, I was like, listen, let a friend of mine who's a good photographer follow you around with a camera. Right. Because I'm just like, the Anacostia we see now, you know is not the Anacostia it's going to look like five years from now, or no, 10 years from now, yeah. stuff like that. Right. So I'm just like, and so- Tell your story now. Like exactly. It, yeah. I wish I had. Because like he, I mean, like he is, the dude The dude is fascinating to me. I hope he blossoms in the right way. I hope he, I hope he learns from this and doesn't like, and learns to just like, uh, to uh, to edit his tongue and not just, I mean, like, but again, but then again, you, like, how, how are you supposed to tame that voice when, they, when they've been empowered and they've been in office and they're just like. And that's why he's been empowered. We also be, we ought to invoke the name of Marion Barry here at some point because he always talks about like I'm the second coming of Marion Barry, I'm the disciple of Marion Barry, and it's interesting because of the same dichotomy of his image in the city, like in you know the Western white wards, Marion Barry's name is a joke. He's always you know crack mayor for life, he but is. in east of the river, he's like a saint. He lived over there. He lived, and he also gave jobs to people, like yeah. in legitimate ways. This is yeah. the thing that his legacy people don't his miss, miss about his legacy, like the jobs program that he started, yeah. actually gave people a road to being employed and like making a life for themselves. That yeah. those stories are all over this city, or the black middle class getting or the black middle contract exactly, yeah. or his role in bringing back U Street after the riots by yeah. saying we're going to put a government building down here at 14th and U, the epicenter of the riots, and wow, <laughs> now wow. the stain of the U Street, it's the Frank Reeves Center. Watch how it changes. I mean, that's uh, the thing. Like in the big retrospective that the Post did about the 50th anniversary of the 1968 riots, they talked about what a big deal it was, and nobody wanted to come down there. And he was like, "You're going to come down there because that's where your job is, man." Um, and now, all those years later, the Reeves Center is, as you say, the kind of the sore thumb of U Street. I don't know if I can say that with with parade coming coming up. <laughs> I don't know. If I, like, what am I doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so one one final point about that. We're tra- using the Reeves Center. <laughs> why why not? There's a huge public easement. Like there's there's a bunch of space. That's where they do the 14th and U Big Ugly Truck. That's, uh, that's dance where, that's dance where, parties. Yeah, we have that this year. Oh, you do you have them involved? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, the Big Ugly Truck likes to station themselves. It's like once a week or once a month at the corner of 14th and U. They have DJs and they just have a big open air party. That's cool. It is Like cool. that's the kind of stuff that DC needs to do. Like every day. Yeah, seriously, like all over the place. Yeah. But one question. You ever seen the movie Finding Forrester? Of course. Okay. My friend's college roommate. What? Yeah, my friend Issa Abdul-Qadir, who we had in studio one time. Yeah, that was his college roommate at Amherst. That's funny. (laughs) So remember where he learns about the logo for the BMW? Yeah. What it comes from? Yeah. Remember what it is? Yeah, uh, helicopters flying, I mean, uh, uh, propellers flying over blue sky. German planes. Yeah. yeah. Like the German uh, Air Force during World War II. Yeah. There was a part of that apologetic tray on Facebook Live where he goes to show his car. He's like, I can't remember what he was showing it for. He was like, oh, because like we all have these special license plates that show that we're on the council. Look, go show my car. And I'm just thinking to myself, please don't let it be a BMW. Please don't let it be a BMW. Sure enough. I don't expect anybody else to read this far into these small symbols. He's got a blacked out infinity. I don't know why he didn't show Ooh. that. <laughs> the tint's probably illegal. <laughs> That's why you can't tint your windows in DC. You got Trayon, you know? So here's my question resulting from this whole conversation. There's a lot of places we could go with it, but let's get essential here. When you wake up in the midst of a scandal uh-huh. or like in, in my smaller scale is like when you got something crazy going on at work or there's something crazy going on in your personal life. Like the broad question I wanted to ask you is, what are your techniques, if you have any, for like subsisting, keeping the thing going, whatever the thing is, in the midst of stuff falling down around you? Like in the midst of scandal or in the midst of crisis, how does one persist? Uh, you're saying if, if, I'm, if I'm in the middle of it? Like if you're Trayon and you wake up in the middle of this, everyone's calling for you to resign, you got the right-wing media hounding you, but I mean, I well, find- luckily you go home to a section where they ain't at, you know. <laughs> so that, that, okay. So that that so rule number one yeah, yeah, is yeah. like find a place to 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 lay your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't live. Don't. You know what I'm saying like, uh, don't. <laughs> I feel like he he. He he sleeps closer. He sleeps closer to allies than he does the enemies. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, like that's where uh, that's where what our what our own um, or or to quote 
to quote three Jewish visionaries, uh, you know. Uh, the Beastie Boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you never know yourself until you're backed up against a wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, you know what I'm like um, I think that that's, I can't remember what song that was. Um, but in like, let's, 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 let's also uh, try not to glorify the Beastie Boys' misogyny and, and everything to clarify. But, uh, but. They, they evolved. They, they did. They did. They did. Um, and, but I mean, like, I think that's where you, that's where you learn, that's where you learn a lot about yourself in terms of like self-therapy, in terms of like what, um, how, how to dig yourself out of it. Um, I imagine like for me, I need to work out a lot, you know, yeah. that's, the, that's the only way I can, that's the only way I can move stuff around in my head. Is jogging. Jogging or swimming or doing anything. You, you swim? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I can. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> That's good. Where do you swim? Huh? Where do I swim? I mean, like if I do Banneker, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely more, more jogging around the Banneker track, like early morning jogging, I can, I can absolutely just like. Like think through things, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, but like I, I, I feel like you during moments during mo- moments of uh, toxicity. Yes, uh, you have to, you have to distance yourselves from yourself from toxic individuals. Um, I imagine that he could lose him. He could go crazy if he just reads every article. Yeah, you know what I'm saying stay. I mean, stay. I'm not somebody who goes into the comments. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, stay away from the comments. Yeah. I mean, like, hey, if they, I mean, it, like, what's the point? Until that comment becomes an article, don't waste my time. Okay. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I get it. But I mean, like, I think there, there, are, I think there are all sorts of ways in which to, to drive through a controversy. But it, but it, honestly, but it's, it, it take, it takes a lot. It takes, it, it takes a good support, a good support network. Yeah. Um, who is it, that guy that, 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 Person who was close to the um, the Clinton family that committed suicide. What's his name? Um, I think their personal attorney, Vincent Foster. Yeah, you got it. his name. Yeah, yep. he's uh, like uh, his 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 like he had that line in um, in DC ruining people's sport. You know, and so like oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I remember reading that. In, I remember reading that in college and being like, or seeing that in a documentary, and being like, that's like that's rule. I mean, that's definitely not rule. That's real. You it know what I'm saying? Real. Like they were just rolling in from Arkansas, being like, it's real down here. Mm. And so I mean, like I think. I think that's that's I think that's the only way. How would you do it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm asking these questions because I mean, I'm not in a crisis or anything, but I sometimes find myself in moments of great frustration or being jammed up or there's just too much going on. Yeah, that I'm not sure how to handle it. And this is a big part of growing up because yeah. this life doesn't get usually doesn't get m- more simple. Like the more and more years you add on your life, the more and more complex the systems get. And so the higher the stakes are as well. Yeah. And the less and less time there is for self-care. Yeah. Or for downtime. Just, I mean, I find myself now without getting too deep, deeply into the details. Right now, my job is to come up with ideas for other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like that because I'm a creative person. But there becomes a point where you feel, start to feel tapped out. Yeah. And the requests don't stop coming. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you, re, re, you know, how do you regenerate yourself? Yeah. And to me, one of the big questions, and one thing that you're great at, is how do you use the morning right? Because it's the morning, this is the real key to me, that I haven't not, have, I've, I'm so far away from mastering, it's embarrassing. Like, when, from the moment you wake up, how do you set your mind right? Yeah. How do you get over the block that you may have woken up with? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I think in general, most observers would say that I probably have a sunnier disposition than you in uh-huh. general, but, y- but you crush it in the mornings. You're always up early. You're always thinking about stuff and you're good at working in the mornings. It's my only time. But like how I, I'm terrible in the morning. I thought you are a morning person. No, oh. no. I hate the morning. Am I a morning person? Yes. I've had to completely change my life and my schedule, but it's a struggle. Like, yeah. and I recognize that if I could do a better job of getting the day started, it would impact my life positively. So, w- what is it? Is it innate within you? Like, what is the f- when you wake up? What's the first thing that goes through your head? 
Well, when I wake up, when I wake up, the first thing that goes to my head is are like the the out, outstanding tasks mm-hmm. that need to be taken care of. Who are the people I need to reach? Because there's also a portion of people in society that you can't reach <laughs> after eight thirty a.m. I mean, you can you can reach out to them, but they may not respond to you. You know what I'm saying? So like they're so uh, you can reach very important people early early like if you That's send good tip. seven o'clock seven thirty, you need to reach somebody that you, like they might give you a response by seven forty nine. Good you know? point. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so like right. Um, I get up and like I do like. I am. My girlfriend uh, is cranky in the morning. Is that know? right? Without a doubt. Uh-huh. Without a doubt, she'd be angry. She's like, "Why are you talking about me?" You know what I'm saying, but, hey, <laughs> she ain't here. So like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Take She's that. Cra- yeah. Take that. Exactly. <laughs> cranky in the morning. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, this is and like I've always I've I feel like I always end up um, with somebody who's not a morning person. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, but I've learned I can't like. I can't, I can't lie in state, you know what I'm saying, with them as if we're just sitting there like dead in the Capitol Rotunda. I got to get out of the bed, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, I can't do that, yeah. you know? Like, I need to get up and, like, either get out, check in, like check emails, do something. Yeah. Um, a while, I mean, like, like uh, I would pick up my phone. Like, I'll be honest, like, one of, the, of course, one of the first things I check is the Washington Post. It's mm-hmm. been that way forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've expanded to checking the Washington Post and also checking the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'll slide in the New Yorker in there and slide in, slide in the route. Uh, but, but beyond that, beyond that, it's it's, it's WP and NYT. Um, but real, but real quick, a glaze over. Um, but I just, for some reason, like the the morning gives me the more. I I am energized. I am. I am like I got approved for another another twenty four hours because Lord knows you go to sleep, you're not necessarily sh- sure you're gonna wake up. All bets are off. Exactly. It's like it's like it's like every time I wake up, I'm like, ha! I'm like, you idiots. Got him again. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like when y'all gonna y'all the hard hitting ones? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, and like I mean, like literally by by nine a.m. I'm kind of like a downer, you know? <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I'm kind of like when I see when I see like. Even by like like even like like by eight thirty, you know, I'm just like the day is done, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> like uh, it's over. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like Jesus. That's I'm like, hilarious. It's a nightcap. This this fucking day is washed. Exactly. It's like eight forty five. Give me a break. I understand that though, because it's like, oh, now other people are awake. Oh, this, oh, great. Now you're here. Perfect. Like now I have to deal with everybody else. The street. I mean, like. Man, the streets are empty at like seven, like seven o'clock in the like if you if you drive if you were to drive down the most populated section of DC, you know, I mean, you go around there six thirty a.m. seven o'clock in the morning, it is quiet. It is a beautiful drive. Yep. Show up there at twelve thirty. It is a mess. Parking lot. Yeah. Tra- you know what I'm saying? And like, I like people. You know, I love people. But in the, but I'm sorry, but early in the morning, it's like I'm dealing with folks I'm trying to deal with. Let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this question, okay? Because I also would claim that I love people or, uh-huh. I, I, or I like people. But in so many scenarios in life, I am deliberately positioning myself so that I won't have to talk to anybody, yeah. like out in public. Does that make me weird? No. And are, are you different in that way? Like, I think there are people out there, like including all the Scottish, yeah. uh, that's a cultural stereotype, uh-huh. that like want to have an additional conversation. Like yeah. if they can squeeze one in, if they're at a bar or something, yeah, like- to me, it's like the most American thing you can do is to go to a bar and get on your phone and just sit there and drink a beer by yourself. Yeah. But yeah. I have no problem doing that either because there's like a little bit of an antisocial hermit inside of me. Do you feel the same way or are you like an enjoyer of those random extra conversations? I'm not my father who's like walk, who walks around with his tail wagging all day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like if he hears like a buzzword, he's like... Let me join in on this. You know what I'm saying? Like always trying to join. Like uh, that's that's pretty adorable. In line, in in like growing up in line at McDonald's, he was like, he's like, oh, I, I hear you talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like like he like he like he was he would like just endless conversation. To, like, but then again, like that's you know what I'm saying? that's hilarious. That's but uh, that's him. Uh, and so and it's it worked out well for him. And there's been sometimes when people don't want to talk, and he's just like, man, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. You know? Uh, but but I mean like. We all we all do that. I think sometimes uh, you. I also feel like that can also be kind of very New York. Because I feel like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of New Yorkers get like people. Like the assumption is New Yorkers don't want to talk to talk to random people. I see New Yorkers talking talking to people they don't know all of the time. Mm-hmm. Just random conversations taking place with just ridiculous with ridiculous. Things. I feel like in any sort of populated area, any sort of uh, populated place, you gotta be prepared to have the random conversation. 
um, especially in in a crisis moment. Uh, oh yeah, well, yeah. That, that's easier because then it's like. But I meant like holy silly shit! Crisis. Can you believe like what we're dealing with right now? Exactly. Then the subject matter becomes very obvious. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, like it it literally depends on it literally depends on um, how I'm feeling and who's talking to me. You know, because sometimes so sometimes there's certain people I'm just like I'm like I don't want to deal with you right now. Yeah. Quick story. Yeah. Because this is like, I'm halfway between those two poles. Uh-huh. And the perfect place where this uh, plays out is in taxis hmm. or in Ubers. Because especially if you're in an Uber, they own those cars. In some places they do in ca- yeah. taxis as well. So you're, it feels a little awkward. You're in somebody else's car. Yeah. And they're giving you a ride. Granted, you're paying them for this. But it feels awkward just to sit there in silence. It's like, yeah. I respect you as a human being. And I want to like prove to you that like some Americans are like, you know, not that everybody who drives an Uber is not from this country, but yeah. for the most part, I mean, have you, haven't you found that most people who drive Ubers are not from this country? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So yeah. I, I feel like some little piece of my like liberal brain wants to be like, all right, like let's engage here. Even though they probably are just like, can I get one ride where people aren't like trying to talk me up? But I, 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 I waver because pe- a part of me, sometimes I go in complete silence. And then other times I just talk and talk to these dudes or ladies and find out what their story is. And it can be great. Sometimes it's great. And my wife, Maya, is always making fun of me for this because in her mind, I always do this. Yeah. Maybe I do it more often when I'm with her because it's like a social thing and I'm not just like going to the airport or, yeah. or the train. So day after my wedding, did I tell you the story? No. I don't know if you even know this. Day after my wedding, uh, me and Maya go to the breakfast that we held afterwards, like a little coffee, not mm-hmm. a big deal, just for out-of-town family members. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to be there for like three hours, ended up being five. We were so tired. This is the day after the wedding. So I'm like, all right, we're going to go get our car home. It is so packed full of stuff that only one person can fit in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the bags that we had with us in the hotel room, get in a cab, and meet her at our apartment. Mm-hmm. I get in a cab. I got three bags with me, one in the back seat, two in the trunk. We drive home. I immediately start talking to the guy. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I, I got married yesterday. Like, here's the ring. He's like, oh, I want to see a picture. I show him a picture. He shows me a picture of his wedding yeah. that happened in Sudan. I'm like, what's your name? He goes, I'm Fadil. I got married in Sudan. It cost me an arm and a leg. Like, <laughs> I had to pay for everything. We go on and on and on. We're talking. We're having a grand old time. I give the guy a nice big tip. He drops me at my house. I get out with one bag. I have forgotten the two bags in the trunk. <laughs> you might ask the next question, what's in the bag? Okay, how about the wedding dress? Literally, Maya's wedding dress is in the bag, along with the shoes she wore, the coat that she borrowed from her sister. <laughs> I left it in the... This is like a bad movie. I left it in the trunk of the cab. Now, had I been a normal day Dan Bloom, I would have used Lyft or Uber, or another one of these ride-sharing apps, it would have been no problem yeah. to just click the call, call driver, they'd come right back. I didn't know all the cabs are painted the same color in D.C. now. So you don't know which cab company you're in based on the color or the appearance of the cab. We st- I go back to the hotel. I'm like, this is what happened. They start to flip out. I'm like, do not flip out. Here's what you're going to do. Who, the hotels had to flip out? Yeah, I'm like, the cab driver is going to come back here. He's going to walk in with the wedding dress. You are going to pick up the card I've just given you. Dial the phone number. Call me. I will come back here. We will embrace in celebration, and you're going to give me this dress back. It's going to happen. Uh-huh. They were like, okay, we like your energy. We're, bu- we're bought in. We're going to put it in the shift report. The whole hotel staff is now notified. Yeah. Because they're like, the cab driver will definitely come back to the hotel. He picked me up at the hotel. It's not like I ha- hailed him. He was sitting there at the hotel. Yeah, room. yeah. Normally, that's that's a that's a waiting spot. So Maya, I told Maya about this. She starts calling every cab company in D.C. She's like, I think I was in your cab. We left the wedding dress. I need you to put out an APB or whatever to all your drivers. <laughs> she lies to them and says, my wedding is tomorrow. And he left the dress and I need it for tomorrow. Because otherwise, they'll just wait until tomorrow. That's a movie we do. Right? <laughs> so she starts lying to people and calling up every cab company. We didn't get the right cab company at all. We were never going to get it. I convinced Maya to not freak out about this for 24 hours. I was like, give me 24 hours to try and get this back. Like, I've not even begun to fight. Yeah. Next morning, I'm on the phone with my dad talking to him about the whole problem. I kept it very secretive, but my dad is like, I'll tell him because, you know, he, he'll, he'll empathize with me, help me through it. As I'm telling him the story, Maya shrieks from downstairs, Fadil is here! 
<laughs> he realized that what, what, what was in the back of the trunk. He came back to the block. He didn't know which one my house was. He started knocking on doors. He rings all the buzzers. Maya goes down. She opens the door. She's like, oh, I don't know who this is. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I recognize you from your picture. <laughs> See, this is <laughs> when Dan Bloom works out. There, here, here, here it fucking is. That's the name of the title of this episode, when Dan Bloom works out. This, <laughs> this is the ultimate reason why I have always talked to cab drivers and Uber drivers just for this moment. Like that's it's pretty good. That's say, a pretty good story. I was going all over the place. I was like searching on Facebook, like Sudanese Taxi Driver Association. I was yeah. going to find one Sudanese taxi driver and be like, go through their networks or whatever. Man, listeners, that's damn good radio. You know? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that was a great story. Got a selfie with him and the cab. Oh my god, did you post it? No. Oh, man. Nobody has seen this picture. Oh, my Lord. And I wasn't even telling people this story until it worked out well because I was so embarrassed. I mean, this story is horrible if it doesn't end up well. Also, you get all, you, you don't, you want the sideline commentary, you know? Like, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the crisis that breaks you. We went, <laughs> that's what we, breaks we, you. We went to a barbecue that night at her mother's house, didn't tell her. The, the dress was completely lost. It was out there in the she back of the, did not tell she her. She didn't know. We're like, shh. Exactly. Keep, keep this one in house until the de- the zero hour. Yeah, I'm not dating that. You know, that, not, that's not like, they they be they be they they be conferring over. You know what I'm saying? It'd be a, it'd be a crisis in DC together. You know I was saying? like, I was, and we had <laughs> we have to take that out. <laughs> I'm joking. Keep going. <laughs> we had we had my sister there too, Lindsay, who's very very smart. And I was like, don't tell Lindsay because Lindsay's gonna like have all these ideas, and I don't want to hear them. And then five seconds later, I was like, Lindsay, here's what I did. I need your ideas. Like, I humbled myself real fast. That's hilarious. Like a person who doesn't want to ask for directions. Oh, it's like, man. no, no, no. I want every direction. Like, she's brilliant. She'll be able to figure this shit out faster than me. <laughs> is she Is she the one we met from Moogfest? No. That's Nina. Okay. I'm, I that's the only one I recognize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's a great story. Glad you got it back, though. Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> Shout out to Dial Cab. And then at the end of it all, he was like... Hey, if you guys ever need a ride, like here's my card. And Maya's like, oh, I go to Dulles all the time. I'll, you can be my regular driver. And he's like, this is exactly what I needed. <laughs> so now we've got like a family driver. Fidil. Fidil. Now when we. That is ridiculous. When we get in trouble. That is great. That is great. That's great that that worked out. Right. And, they... and it was interesting too, because I'm 34 and he looked older than me. This guy mm. definitely had some life experience. He had gotten married in a, you know, his homeland, came to America, immigrated, had kids already, 31, younger than me. Wow. I was thinking it's so interesting the way like the world can age you or weather you or, you know, or not. Without, without, without a doubt. I mean, look at these hands. A lot of hard days of work in my life. <laughs> That's just the, it's like that scene in Trading Places where she was like, let me see your hands. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the rat's right. Shout that's out. why she put up the money exactly for the bail. Shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, <laughs> it tells time in five cities at once. It's like <laughs> London, Tokyo, and Stad. That was the f- <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard the word Stad. Oh my god, Stad, Switzerland. <laughs> Young Dan Aykroyd. Shout out. to <laughs> The skinny Dan Aykroyd was the man we loved. Yeah, he said goodbye to that body a long time oh ago. Oh, my God. I love the very end of that movie, Trading Places, where they're on the boat and on the beach in the island or wherever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what, was his, what was his butler's name? Looking was good, Billy Ray. <laughs> Feeling good, Lewis. <laughs> what, was his, what was his butler's name? It wasn't Hawthorne. It was like... Uh, the butler's name in Trading Places. That'll be a great trivia quiz for the listeners out there. <laughs> Somebody's like, how do they not know this? <laughs> Damn, I can't remember. Because <laughs> when he wakes up, he was like, so-and-so, he was like, I had the worst... Coleman! Was- Coleman! <laughs> he was like, there was this Negro. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most awful thing. <laughs> no, it was, that was Ackroyd what woke up and said that. Yeah, that was Ackroyd. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was a good film. Good. So good. So what are you going to do this weekend? Anything good? Um, going to a rooftop gathering this evening. It's warm. Classy. It's hot as hell out it's there. It's not warm. It's hot. It's humid. It's, it's, I've been walking around. I mean, gee, are you in shorts? You're no, not, shorts. not today. Um, and I should have. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been bad. Uh, biked yesterday. Oh. I mean, it was like, meet me on the bike uh, at 11th in Pennsylvania. 
And so we, right in front of Trump. Well, by the way, what are all these bells that go off in front of Trump's place? What do you mean? It's 730. There's all these bells. Oh, it's because it's probably it's the old post office. So there's, oh. There must be like a clock that's in the tower there. That was like the call of whiteness. That's what it took. Kept call of whiteness. <laughs> kept White up. assemble. But yeah, we biked. Uh, White Voltron. White assemble. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> it does. We biked. Uh, we biked down uh, like a, like around. Around the mall, then down, then down through Georgetown, then up, up, up Rock Creek, up to Mount Pleasant, then ate at um, Don Juan's. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. like a wonderful day. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And like, so you asked me what, I'm, like, I don't know what I'm, but but like, I I was happy with the I was happy with the biking and the wind hitting and the wind hitting my body and love my it. and my spirit. Uh, and, you know, Riding free. Yeah, the wind hitting my my emotions. More importantly, you know, you know what I'm saying I love emotions flying like the blue corn, like the. Blow my emotions the, in a different direction. To the blue yeah. corn moon, exactly, and uh, yeah, and and so so like maybe, maybe something something outdoorsy, something like that. Or actually, I think I have a cousin's birthday party. He's he's turning like four. Yeah, my cousin's my cousin's my cousin's having a birthday party for her son, who's like four. Turn up. Yeah, he's, we have lit. The, the cousins do turn up for that. The, 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 so that would be interesting. Isaac, Isaac's turning, or maybe Isaac's five. I don't know how old his boy is. We we drove mm-hmm. by a kid's birthday party the other day, and that we saw a. Um, they call him a bouncy castle in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they call him here? Moon bounce. Moon, yeah. moon bounce, of course. And uh, Maya was like, "Damn, that's a that's a dope party. Like, don't people? Uh, do you have to have like a guard for those things? Like, don't kids get hurt on moon bounces?" And I, I was thinking about that. It's like you'd think that more kids would get hurt on the moon bounce, but I went on a bunch of moon bounces as a kid, and I never got hurt. Yeah, I would love to know what the liability thing looks like on that thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like nobody. Uh, I don't. I assure. I assume there's some freak accidents. You know what I'm saying? You got uh, you, the waiver game at those rental places is probably really strong. It's probably gotten worse and worse. I remember the waiver game for. I remember I couldn't play. I couldn't go paintballing like in middle school. <laughs> what do you mean? Because my dad was looking at this waiver. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, this thing is nuts. He was like, no, nah, you can't go on this trip. You know? Wow. Your dad really prevented you from going paintballing? Did it he... wasn't a school trip. It was like some friends. Have was... you been since? Have you ever been paintballing? I've done. I've, I've used a paintball gun with friends in their backyard, but I've never gone <laughs> that paintball. That sounds unsafe. Huh? Yeah. Was there any eye protection? <laughs> there was, we were sharing, It was some true suburb. We were, in, we were in fucking Chevy Chase shooting at, shooting at, a, shooting at a fence. You know what I'm saying? And we put, a, we put trash bags over the fence so it wouldn't, so it wouldn't stain the fence. And this paintball just went through, uh, just went through the, with the, the trash bag. That's what you get for doing the seventh and eighth grade, you know? That's right. Yeah, shout out to Curtis Ossel. <laughs> Great musician. Uh, I saw a story, a news story, that paintball gun attacks are rising in American cities. And it's been attributed to the rapper 21 Savage, which I thought was funny, because he said, don't use guns, like go play paintball to settle your disputes instead, which is a very positive thing. But what I think he meant was go to the paintball range and like play paintball in the organized way with your friends, not like buy a bunch of paintball guns and then flood the streets with them and now go terrorize people. He might have, though. I mean... (laughs) He might have, though. Because paintball... Uh, shots hurt a lot. They do, but it's better than a bullet. It is better than a bullet, but it's still, it's not like exactly what they were looking for, I think, with this amelioration of the gun culture. But it's if you like, had a nice, if, if I mean, like, if you got, like, say a woman has beef with another woman uh-huh. and she's rocking a nice dress. Ba-bow! Exactly. Mess that, mess that work meeting up quick. Yeah, but it's not like the PETA, <laughs> the, the PETA people spraying paint on you. Yeah, I know. That, I doesn't, just, that doesn't hurt. That just hurts your pride. I'm just more, I'm just more humored by, uh, <laughs> I don't. I feel like this is just, this is like invoking violence, but it's it. Like I'm, I'm, I like white men in suits being terrorized by young black men with, with paintball guns during during the workday. Kind of humors me. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, set, up, set up shop at the Albon Pan and just let people have it. Exactly. Like I, I'm like I won't say I'll support it, but like. You approach my house asking me for some money to support su- such programming. <laughs> I might give you at least seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Suddenly that that con- contribution box looking a lot more full. Now that we got paintball guns exactly, out here. Exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna need your chocolates. Let me ask you one more question about the morning. Because uh-huh. I'm I'm just obsessed with this idea. Because I start to get in these loops in the morning, and it's like, where's the, where's my head right yeah. now? Like, did I just use this time wisely? Um, the prophet Kanye West recently uh-huh. said that when you wake up in the morning, this is funny because it was in the midst of a lot of other wild things that he was saying, like listen to the MAGA people and whatever. I mean, there, that's a whole different conversation that we began to touch on last week. But within all the rest of this wild stuff, he also said, hey, by the way, when you wake up in the morning, don't look at your phone for like a full hour. Mm-hmm. 
like be with your own thoughts and your own creativity and like don't allow other people's work, thoughts, whatnot to immediately begin to fill up your brain. I think there is something to that. And I keep thinking about it as I'm not doing it day by day. Why now I remember, you know, you know what? The more is actually most important for like for writing for me. You know mm. what I'm saying? That's the one thing I forgot about. So like I can actually, I've read this to like don't even like do anything. Just go straight to your computer. Like, um, I mean, you're not going to get any sort of silence like that. Uh, like, you, like from that 6 to 7.30 uh, wave to just like have to put your thoughts just and like have them unmanipulated by anybody but your but your own your own thoughts you know and so like I, I get that it's hard to not check your phone for something um, because as soon as you check your phone you're gonna you, you you're gonna be sucked into whatever emotion is attached with it mm. uh, but no there there is no there without without a doubt truth to that because uh, like a project sometimes if I need it if there's been times like when I wanted to like edit something I just instantly got up and just like edited it and then like didn't check something and it was just you're just like fresh. Yeah. The thoughts are fresh. Yeah. My mom gets up every single day and does this like physical routine. And she's been talking to me for years. Like you need to get a routine. You need to get a routine. <laughs> I've never done it. I've just been like ripping and running basically for my entire life. Yeah. You know, but now I feel like I've reached a place where that morning routine could really help me, not just physically as I continue to get fatter, but mentally <laughs> yeah. as I'm like, there's a lot on my plate now and the stakes are getting higher. Yeah. Not just for my own career, but I have a wife now and we got a mortgage. Like, you know, the stakes stakes are high. And so self-care becomes more than about just like doing whatever you want to make yourself feel good. It's like, no, put in the work so that you can subsist. Yeah. This is a thing I'm trying to get my head around as I'm like, you know, late to the game, becoming an adult from <laughs> years of uh, extended childhood. I mean, like, I, I think, I think... I think it'll work well for you. You're saying like <laughs> if you if you get one, if you get a, if you get a morning routine, whatever it yeah. is, especially if you get somebody to do it with, you know, like like just like a like not it doesn't have to be your partner. You know, what I'm saying just like a friend to do like a morning. Michael routine. Barbaro, he's huh. gonna he's gonna be my partner. Who's that? He's the host of the Daily. Host of the Daily, New York yeah. Times. Oh yeah yeah yeah. If 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 you're able, if you're able to do that with him, you know, say. Uh, but like I think about like um, like my father and my godfather always had this like. I realized why they were like in the morning at the crack of dawn, you know, both their wives were in their children were dead to the world. I mean, I'd be a lot of times I'd be awake, but the rest of everybody else, their whole clans were asleep and they would get done what they needed done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they would they would they would meet, especially like set like weekend weekend early like early weekend mornings. I like that more than weekdays. Get if I if I'm not hungover, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing more joyous than that shit. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and like you know what I'm saying, you want to grab breakfast with somebody, sit there and talk, you like be like and talk to and like what I realized is through watching them, they weren't talking about like, hey man, you see the game? They were talking about like man where you gonna send your daughters to school? You know right. what I'm saying? Like things like they had like legitimate conversations at like 6:30 in the morning at McDonald's in White Oak or like or like wherever. And I I'm like just it. like and like and I feel like I, without a doubt, am gonna want to emulate that mm-hmm. uh, because like you. I mean, otherwise, hey, you know what I'm saying sleep is the cousin of death, as they, as as as, as not said. Problematic Nas, God damn it, Nas! Did you <laughs> see what Khalees came out and said? No, Nas was beating her up for all those years. What? She was afraid to say anything because everybody revered him so much. And she revered him too. And then she was like, "Oh, but I didn't want to be weak and leave." And ah, uh, when was this? NAS, man, problematic. It was days ago. There's been it's been all over the place. You know that makes sense because she had such a shady exit. Not shady, but she had such an exit that never made sense to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I was just like, of course I don't. You know what I'm saying Nas isn't texting my phone, so I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of his relationship. But like. What he taught, but what he represented, and for her exit, I'm just and for him, not, for me to not to hear that he was cheating or stuff like that, I was just like, why did she get out of this? You know, physical abuse. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's back to the same thing. It's like your heroes, man. Everybody's heroes are problematic. Yeah, everybody, because everybody's human. Exactly. Everybody's like, human. We lift up people, and we expect them to be saints, and we find out years later. I mean, Bill Cosby, like. Similar situation, obviously very different allegations, time span totally different. But it's interesting, like Kanye West, similar deal. Like we put somebody up on a pedestal, we think that everything they say is gospel. Not true. I mean, yeah. so much of it is PR. And yeah. now Kanye is doing an album with Nas. You know about that, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like in the little list of his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I know about that. I know about that. But yeah, uh, sleep- I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. We can go all day about, about yay. You know, I mean, like... I, 
I don't know. I think I think people just need to think people need to recognize that like first of all these it's not as if these people didn't come I mean, it's not as if these like these these people that we extolled didn't come from the same places that we were at. You know what I'm saying? Mm. These are people that we went to elementary school with, mm-hmm. middle school with, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And then they just became that. You know? It's just like they started off the same thing. So like just so like your middle class conflict is no different than I mean like than their internal drama with their relationship, with their children, with all sorts of stuff. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'll put it this way. I mean, I feel like if, what's the best way to put this? I've, I honestly feel like if you if you were really to evaluate just like most of the people that we really raise up, you know, it's just like none of these people are perfect. Just like the way I always look at it, if you place it, place it for like religious standards where you have like a heaven and hell, mm-hmm. you know? I've always been like, who the hell is making it into heaven? <laughs> That's the way I've always looked at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, who's getting in? You know what I mean? Like, because I just like so many good people have done have done bad things. You know what I'm saying? With like have just just like done things to others, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so it's so vast. I'm just like I'm like I don't know I don't know I don't know who these especially if especially if we're adhering to the good book. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I mean I'm not, but I mean like I'm, I'm like who. Like who makes it? Who makes it through? You right. know, it's it's so funny. People don't even question this stuff. They just assume that there's like a heaven and a hell, and you're good and you're bad. And but it, it, the whole thing is so subjective, without a doubt. You know, I, that's why I never even use the terms good and evil anymore. Like in contrast to one another. Like, really? Yeah, I don't believe in it anymore. I guess that's uh, that's, you, that's smart. You know why? I mean, it's based on the the truth that you just ex- were talking about. But it's like when Slobodan Milosevic died who was in charge of, like, ethnic cleansing in Kosovo and shit. Uh-huh. Like, people were crying over his grave. Like, we just lost our leader. And it, that occurred to me because I was like, wow, like, this is a guy who is 100% vilified in Western media. And there is a story told about him. I'm not disputing the story. Obviously a bad person. Ethnic cleansing, clearly a bad thing to do. But to his people... He was doing the right thing, and perhaps in the most hardline view, the only thing. So, like, the idea that there is pure evil, that we as a society or a group or a person can label somebody else for any reason evil invokes a religious connotation that cannot be objective. So, like, heinous mass murderers, to me, there is a mental problem with them. They are Mm -hmm. sociopathic there, there's a chemical imbalance or there's some kind of trauma inherent in their upbringing, but they're not evil. Yeah. I mean, evil, what, what even is that? Who is the arbiter of, of that? Is evil, is evil when you have, when you, when you know you're clicking the wrong button and you do it? <laughs> no, I mean like, but I mean. No, that's a, I'm not laughing because it's a silly question. Yeah. I'm laughing because of how profound that is. Because I've argued about this. I've argued about this, especially people within the, especially people within the. Uh, oh, sorry, that's that's an hour. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, all right. Well, this is perfect. So, We're ending on the essential debate between good and evil. I've argued with. All right. I've argued with this about people, especially who are in the, um, like attorneys in the criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, especially on the side of the government, and I've been like, say you have somebody who's like, you know, you have these like molesters and stuff like that, and I'm like, yo, I'm like. You know, some of these, like, when I, when I would, I'm like, some of these dudes, it seems that they legit can't help themselves, you know? And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, is that evil or are they just like, just screwed up, you know? I mean, like, because like, they just can't help themselves. And people are just like, no, why can't you stop? I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, we can say that, but I don't know about them, you know? And so I don't, it, it gets in like, I remember a, a friend of mine was, she was like, well, cause especially after like Sandusky and stuff like that. She was like, but what about like these repeated stuff? Because because I remember, I, isn't it like Canada or some place that has like a weird way in which they deal with? Um, we gotta confirm this. Uh, they, they, they deal with with uh, members of the criminal justice who get arrested for this type of thing. Almost they give almost give them like a platform to uh, to explore this. But I think behind I, closed, I, I, I saw this at some point. And yeah. so, I mean, of course, I don't know if that's solving the problem, but I'm just like, but I look at that and, or, or just somebody who just like, who, you know, you have those, you have these people who, who do all these killings and stuff like that. And they were just like, I had to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to kill him. And right. it's just like, it's not logical. It's not logical. No, but There's, it's not. It's, yeah. So I don't, 
I, I can't I can't answer. I'm, I, and I am, and of course, we're not the first to raise this question. You know, imagine we solve this tonight. You know what I'm saying? We should run to the courthouse right now. <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't, in terms of, in terms of like the whole evil debate, like, I feel like if, because even they, even they, some of those populations kind of like get off on people perishing, you know? I mean, but, but I try to figure out if like, like take Trump. Is this an evil? Take Trump, please. Exactly. I mean, like, or Sessions. You yeah, know? that's a better example. Yeah. That's so good. I love that you just went there. Yeah, or Sessions. Because he's more conscious of the evil or the wrong that he's doing. Let's put it. Even, yeah. But again, right and wrong, similar subjective deal. Like, it's easy for us who consider ourselves right or good to label other people bad yeah. or evil. Like the ease of that label and the power of that label is what makes it so dangerous and what makes me stay away from it. Yeah. It's like, uh, but, it, and when you said the word Jeff Sessions, I want to look at Sessions and be like, you know that you're doing wrong, but I'm not sure that he does because it's subjective. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, in, I had an argument about that today about like, not about Sessions, about whether or not somebody is like deliberately evil or if they're just incompetent and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, I mean, like I get like, you 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 look at all the you look at all the, the components that 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 go into assembling a person's character, you know. And so like we're not we weren't there with Jeff Sessions during his like formative years. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in what you're exposed to, and then like what you in like what you take away from that information. You know what I'm saying? And like I don't um like I've looked at him. I'm just like, all right, does he does he just does he does he does he have an intellectual understanding of that that is like that is actually a a decent worldview and he just decides to go the opposite route. Hmm. You know? That's why I try to figure out if he's like, if he's like, no, he's like, yeah, black people are the same, but fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like one of those. Right, right, one of those. Right, right. Yeah, like uh like that's what I'm trying to and I don't and I and I don't know. I mean or or, or it's just like they're just like I've I've been around them my entire life. They haven't been shit, blah, blah, blah. And so like I I mean like that's that's for the library, you know. And, and, and does it, and does it matter? It doesn't. I mean, does because if the if the result is the same, you know, maybe you know, maybe maybe I maybe it's evil isn't amenable to listening. Well, I'm glad that you, as in, like c- correcting their own behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Or, feel, or even understanding why it's wrong. Exactly. They don't want. They don't. They just want to stick with. The, whatever whatever their thought process is at the at the front of their brain they're gonna they're gonna drive through with it. Mm. Yeah. So I've, that's why I've, so I I I don't know I don't know yeah. I don't know. That's a good I think that's a good uh, that's a that's a good observation about kind of the absence of conscious thought. Yeah. Or the ability to be retrospective or reflective. Yeah. So let's tie this back to the beginning. Yeah. Wedding dress. No, <laughs> that was the middle. The be- Fidel is not evil. We be- know that. Far from it. Fidel is my best friend. <laughs> but like Treyon, I mean, yes. can can people reserve judgment and can they seek to like build bridges and understand one another? That's the big test, I think, for all involved. And it'll be fascinating to look back in a year and see where everybody is, how things have changed or not changed. Um, I think we are both relatively, it seems clear to me that we both want him to succeed. Yeah. And I don't know if he will, but whatever we can do to help him. Without a doubt. I hope, I I hope he's been given some, some good books, uh, you know, about like, about leadership and about, and about the, uh, the, uh, sensitivity of, of these particular matters, you know? Uh, and so he has, so he, so he understands that this is not the first time this conversation has taken place. Uh, you're re- you're revisiting something that you know uh, that that has been around, and you're, you're just you're saying you're just blow you're blowing it up. Um, and so have an understanding as to um, just keep keep things keep things in perspective, and and, and and know and know what side you actually should be on. So yeah, I mean he has a big opportunity now because yeah. he has so much credibility, and he hasn't yeah. backed down. So if he chooses to build some bridges now in the next year, like he could bring a lot of people over those bridges with him. Yeah. In both directions. Without a doubt. We, uh, we shall see. We Let's. shall see. Hard, hard hitting topics on uh, Madcap Reborn. That's right. You know, you know. <laughs> we'll see you next week when we... <laughs> Who knows? See you next week. Peace. Peace.
Woo!